the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. A new crypto university has been launched to bring crypto to the masses. It kicked off earlier this month in Johannesburg with some serious celebrity backing, including DJ Sabu and former gladiator and entrepreneur Desiree Thomas, who first got interested in Bitcoin when no one really knew what it was about, and that was back in 2011. Using some of the proceeds from crypto, she went into farming and then started a number of other businesses. The crypto university is open to anyone. It's free. And it's designed to explain crypto in simple baby steps, something that is sorely needed in South Africa. So it's a great pleasure to welcome Desiree Thomas. Welcome, Desiree. The stats show that there aren't many women in crypto. You're something of an exception. Why is that, that there are so few women in crypto? And maybe explain how you got involved in it. Absolutely. That is quite an unfortunate stat um, where women are concerned. And um, it's probably because it is quite cryptic and uh, women have lots of things that to worry about than to be stressing about cryptic stuff. But it's not as good for us as Kryptonians if we don't have enough women in the in the pool. So I first started researching about crypto or the blockchain technology back in 2011. And you won't believe it. I was introduced to the entire thing by a 21-year-old nerd geek boy who sat in front of his computer and he was reading about the blockchain technology. And I said, well, you know, at the time, being a a very curious person, and I always have, I've always been very curious about what the Silicon Valley boys are doing, what um, the Warren Buffetts, the Bill Gates, the Elon Musks uh, of this world are doing, the Vitalix of this world are doing. So when I, when everybody is following the influencers, I'm always following the trendsetters in technology and how that technology is being adopted um, to solve future problems. And at the time already, I was searching around because we were already on um, in the internet, of course. We were already busy with emails. We were already busy with w- websites and development and so on. And I had already started creating websites and my own platforms and blog spaces and so on. But I had then stumbled onto these kids that were playing around with this blockchain technology after they themselves had found out about Satoshi Nakamoto's uh, posting of the white paper for the first time in 2008 in October, and they were all unpacking and debating and talking about this blockchain technology and dreaming around all the things that it could possibly do. And of course, the 21-year-old at the time was just playing around with how the technology could improve his gaming um his gaming models and 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 building upon his gaming because he was creating gaming nodes at the time. So I just followed this kid and followed him until I got to this place where in 2014, I was finally comfortable to start trading in Bitcoin, which is the first cryptocurrency that I started trading in. I mean, at the time, it was extremely embarrassing to even talk about it because how do you, as a, in your age, you, you know, you know, in my thirties, I was uh, talking about cryptocurrency and 
taking some of my money or my savings and putting it into something that no one was talking about, no one was thinking about. So it was quite an embarrassing thing. So I took about 22,000 Rand at the time and I just blind, blindly threw it into a pack of how many coins? I, I, I actually, I, I need to remember this. Yeah, so in uh, it was about 2,768 at the time in 2014. And I thought to myself, my goodness, what a ridiculously expensive thing to invest in, but I'm going to take my chances. So I bought 10 of those coins at the time in 2014, and then just left it there, very embarrassingly left it there. And I would keep on going into the, the platform to see what has happened to the money. And at times I would get back there and find that that, that value has dropped so drastically. And I thought, oh my word, I've lost money. I should have just invested in a stock fell or gold, although gold is extremely slow in itself. And then in 2017, for the very first time, um, that savings, and I had archived that app and forgotten about it. 2017, sort of late 2017, those 10 pieces that I had bought shot up to 216,900. And I was over the moon, <laughs> over the moon. And now I had not gone on to the next steps of what to do and how to uh, draw that money. I thought, okay, so if in, if in three years it, it went up to, 20, to uh, 216, what's going to happen is, is it going to keep on climbing? Then I joined a, um, a group on uh, social media of um, other coiners other cryptocurrency holders and other developers as well as miners. And I started immersing myself in, in the conversations. I did not ask any questions. I had already understood a lot about hacking at the time because I was on the internet the entire time. I had understood a lot about hacking. So I realized that if I ask questions about my savings then or my investment, I'm going to open myself as a target for hacking. So I just read everyone's comments and I would look for what the what the people that had already started investing were saying and, and I was hearing only good news. So at the time, with my currency having shot up to my 10 pieces having, having to gone up to a whopping 2.1 million from 27,000, which was my initial investment in 2014, I thought, wow, now I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to take my chances. I'm going to draw some of this and I'm going to um, uh, purchase property. Um, it wasn't a very smart move because uh, we would be talking a very different story now. And in 2020, so I broke up some of my pieces. I sold four to go into property. And, uh, and in 2020, the six pieces that I had left there, I don't know if, if you know about the hike that, uh, that happened in 2020, when all the other stocks were falling in the stock exchange, we experienced another hike in 2020 of March. And that went, took me up to 568 for my six pieces. Now, with just those six pieces, I was sitting at 3.4 M. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so having uh, spoken to the banks, tried to get money for, for farming land and try, because farming is my passion. I then said, okay, Mr. Banker, you do not want to give me that money. I'm then going to um, use my, my Bitcoin 
to uh, purchase my farming uh, land and pay off other debt for property and just clean out all kinds of debt that I have and just stick with Bitcoin and um, and stick with farming. I then um, checked with my accountant to make sure that I'm compliant. When I looked for regularities around SARS, the, the, the system was still sitting in the gray area and is still sitting in the gray area. So I my moral conviction around regulation and compliance was that, well, I've bought money I've bought with money that has already gone through the system. I've paid my tax where my business is concerned. I've paid my um, my pay as you earn as well. So and and also paid VAT. So I'm it, it's it's a suitable thing to do, barring the fact that there's no um, compliance and legalities. And I believe that the country is yet, or countries around the world are yet to formalize the legalities around um, cryptocurrencies. The beautiful thing about the crypto is that you hold your money in your own wallet. You do not have to call somebody or a middleman or a politician to say, I need to borrow this money, may I? You you access it and invest and trade as and when you feel, feel like it. It is on the blockchain technology. It is extremely safe. The blockchain technology has never been hacked. It's almost impossible to to hack the technology in itself because of this of the complexities that actually create the the, the technology. That's a long story um, to to go into, but. It is unhackable. The only way you do get hacked is if you unknowingly give out your information or if you knowingly give out your information with the belief that somebody is going to turn your money around within 24 hours, which is what hackers usually do. They sell you an extremely sweet story. And I tell people in our Learn Crypto uh, um, series that if somebody is selling you something and asking you to pay into the account, run because it does not work like that. It's it's like me asking you for your APSA account or your FNB account and saying, send me your banking details and your access into your internet banking, and then send me your PIN so that I can invest for you and send the money that I can uh, so that I can invest for you. Same same logic does not makes no sense, and I don't know how people get hacked with that type of logic. So. Do not do it. Nobody should be asking you for money. Everything is automated. It is in the apps. Also, you can also watch the apps because some apps can become cloned by hackers. So just make sure that the app you are using, uh, for in my case, I'm using the Yellow Card app. And mainly because I feel patriotic with the fact that they have invested in Pan-Africa and they also... Uh, subject you to far less fees than their competitors. And it has been also very easy for me to access uh, my funds or access the app and use the app. So I like applications that are suitable for dummies, somebody that can easily access the, um, the or navigate their way around the application and not lose opportunity of investing when, when there's a dip in the market 
because they're trying to navigate their way around the application. I can say so much. There's so much to be said. <laughs> I, I mean, the, obviously, you've crystallized a lot of the lessons that you learned. And you learned some hard lessons because if you got involved first time buying Bitcoin in 2014, I don't even know that it was possible to buy it in South Africa. I know a lot of people at that time were shipping money abroad to an exchange. It, it was very risky. You didn't know what you were doing. Uh, now, of course, it's easier because you do have these exchanges in South Africa that you can buy from. So I, I guess my point is that you are now sharing those learnings. You, you talked about Learn Crypto, which was your initiative to bring crypto teachings to a, a much bigger audience. And part of that content is now residing on in the crypto university. So talk about that. Who's behind it? And what is the market that you're targeting here? So crypto university was founded by a gentleman that's also got a very, very interesting story. Um, his name is Gray Jabot. Boy, am I going to butcher Gray's name? His name is Gray Jabesi. And uh, he's a Malawian-born young man. Start, his story is fascinating. So he started as a tree seller and a gardener. <laughs> and all he had was just the knowledge of reading about the internet. Um, and he then went into, somebody told him about cryptocurrency and he started investing. But over and above that, he started reading up extensively about crypto and he landed himself in a, in a very cool spot where by also collating and collaborating with other Kryptonians, he started this university called Crypto University and it's got a beautiful platform that is highly comprehensive for a user who's never interacted with cryptocurrency and it's crypto it's cryptouniversity.co.za and also cryptouniversity.com so you you can get all the information that you ever wanted or wondered about in that and our learn crypto uh, 12-part series resides in that um, platform, which is Crypto University. And then, of course, because we want to influence and move so many people as quickly as possible into the space, we have uh, partnered with DJ Spoo as well as Mac G. So we, we're just working on quickly moving people to understanding and learning about cryptocurrency. And of course, as long as you're living and you're dealing with money and this and cryptocurrency being the future of money, then it only makes sense that everybody who's already dealing with money be involved or gets enlightened about cryptocurrency. So from 18 years old where, where you can actually trade, you the, the legal age of trading, that is the target audience all the way through to the senior generation. So everybody is a target. Everybody that is dealing with money is a target. And tell me, how's the university been doing since the launch? It started with a bang. Uh, Gray Jabesi is speaking in all parts of the world. Uh, Switzerland, um, Brazil, Brazil are big adopters of the technology. And I'm sure that you do know that China, for example, were the biggest mining um, country up until uh, last year when China decided to, to apply mining regulations. And a lot of that mining moved to the USA. So the USA is actually one of the biggest miners at the moment of Bitcoin. Russia was right up there and a lot of it stopped 
uh, at the onset of the war with Ukraine. Ukraine was also big in mining. So all these big G8 uh, nations or G7 nations were very big in the space, in the cryptocurrency space, be it in hardware, be it in, in, in software development, be it in the platforms, the DeFi, which is the decentralized finance um, applications and so they, they've been in there they've they've been highly highly involved in the technology already so leadership 2020 which is our the mother of of strategy and in 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 my world that has actually uh, visualized this Take this learn crypto thing that you've uh, you're involved in. You're a woman. No woman is actually involved in this or has had such an intricate relationship with cryptocurrency. Come on board. Let's um, create learn crypto so that you can start teaching. Because I, I, prior to that, I've been talking about it until I turn blue, so that I can, I've been encouraging my own family members to get into cryptocurrency. I mean, if you just go in and understand how it works, you will see that this is indeed the future of money. There's nothing else for me in my world. And I say to people, this is not financial advice, but I can only share my experience with it. No time where I've been able to put money into the bank and wake up the following month or the following week, um, my money has uh, increased by 200%. I haven't seen that. I haven't experienced that ever. And uh, before I invested in crypto, I used to invest in gold. And it was the slowest, slowest um, accumulation of wealth I had ever experienced. I just did not understand how something could be so slow. And because it is uh, Bitcoin is decentralized, no government places their hand on it. No uh, corporate company places their hand or say in it. And I, I love to have something just like the internet is decentralized. Nobody um, puts a limitation on how much you can Zoom, whether you can have a Zoom app, whether you can have, you can be on the internet. It's similar to, to, to that scenario. So cryptocurrency is to finance and money what the internet was to the inter information gap back in the early 2000s. Okay, I mean, people who are new to crypto, they may struggle to understand Bitcoin for a start, and that's probably the easy part. But then how does one explain more advanced concepts like non-fungible tokens or NFTs to them? So we've got the learning uh, platform on Crypto University. And over and above that, you, you're welcome to come to our session. So we had the first one at M Studios in Johannesburg in Newtown. Uh, we held a class in the at the studios on the 6th of August, and we took people on a step-by-step -step process of um, understanding cryptocurrency, understanding scammers and how scams work, understanding how to onboard a legitimate platform 
and understanding how to use your personal information to verify your details so that you are not sending your personal information into wrong platforms. So that hand-holding process was very, was valuable for many people. And they've come back and said, wow, I never thought that I've heard about it for a while now, but I never thought it was so easy to actually onboard. I am now trading and I am very excited that I'm, I'm, I'm part of the crypto world. So we have those masterclasses where we hand, we've got a team uh, and a lot of our teams currently are volunteers, but we've got a team of people that are teaching uh, people that come in into the face-to-face uh, -face one -on one-on-one sessions. But we've also got the virtual spaces where people can uh, log in through our webinars and get more information. We've been fortunate as well to be um, picked up on social media by Yellow Card, who's then decided to sponsor us because them being one of the cheapest platforms on which to trade and also being so pan-African, uh, meaning that you can trade even though you don't have a South African ID uh, and, and they slowly picking up other countries that will um, be accepted onto their platforms. So they, so they are able to facilitate onboarders using their credit card or doing EFTs into the account. Whereas when I started, I could not use my banks. Uh, my banks were not speaking cryptocurrency at the time. They were not recognizing it. I therefore had to, like you said earlier on, transfer money to a friend via MoneyGram. Uh, first of all, I got to trust the friend. If transfer money via MoneyGram, that's how I first did it and, and, and I sent it to the USA. And in my next um, um, uh, transaction, I was then able to use my credit card, um, which is not, a, it's an, not an ideal thing. You should be able to move your money as and when and how you feel. But of course, there are laws in the country about how you move your money. So the day that um, Standard Bank and FNB opened up their platforms for um, transferability into Bitcoin, I was just rejoicing. However, uh, FNB did eventually revoke that and, and they no longer allow the beneficiary, uh, um, your platform as a beneficiary, but Standard Bank is still there. And my understanding is that uh, Capitec is there as well, which is a beautiful thing, meaning that people can now trade their money in a legal way without having to find ways to send money out and unsafe way methods of sending out money to buy crypto. You cannot avoid it if you're a bank in South Africa or anywhere in the world. If you avoid it, you just, you, you're playing the same game that corporate companies played when Facebook came along and when Instagram and Twitter came along, in fact, more Facebook. And they said, we will not be on that social platform. It reduces our credibility. Look where everyone is now. When you go into Facebook, you are bombarded with marketing from big corporates. So the longer that you hold it, the same thing with um, uh, fiber. When companies were going into fiber and our, um, our um, say, for example, telecom was not in fiber, I was saying to them, if you don't get into fiber now, or which you are already late, you are shutting yourself out from the future of telecommunications, which is mobile and which is fast speed internet. So if you don't get on early enough for anything where the markets are moving, you, you're going to lose out. And by the time you get in, 
your competitors will have far exceeded um, the, 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 their leap in, in the race. So get up, get in, understand it, and, um, and, and, and play and get a piece of the pie. But um, if we close-minded as banks, then you, you, you're going to struggle. But it's, inev it's inevitable that banks go the crypto route because it, that's where their market is. Their market is moving towards crypto, right? And and more more specifically, the young the young market is there. We're talking about young geeks, the the nerds. Um, they're in mining, they're in development, they're in processing, they're building NFTs. How are they going to be um, interacting with their platforms if the their banks are not um, on board? So it's it's quite short sighted if banks take too long to to get onto this. Um, yeah, I know the, the banks do have blockchain development teams. They're looking at the technology mm. that underpins crypto, but as to supporting investments in Bitcoin and Ethereum and things like that, I think they're definitely sitting on the fence. Yeah. And uh, but that that is going to change. I, I just want to talk about the going back to your involvement, how you got into crypto. And you did very well out of it. You were able to fund or purchase a farm. I yes. think you said as a result of the profits you made. Yes. And you've gone into a few other businesses and you talked to in just now about fiber. Now, this is another business that you're involved in. It's, it's quite an exceptional story. And I don't know if, if crypto was the created the energy for you to do all of this or uh, whether you've, you, you, you did it with no money at all. Uh, I'm talking about the fiber business. Yes. So um, I'm one of those people that believes that as long as you're on this earth, you do as many things as you want. So I'm somebody who never sleeps. I'm, I'm always, first of all, I do many things at once. I don't believe in take, take a lane, choose your lane, stick to your lane. I'm not one of those people. I take many lanes. I stick with many lanes. I start and I finish things. So uh, fiber is something that I went into right after I sold my pick and pay franchise in Soweto, after I experienced just very bad um, losses in, in, in that business. And, and then I was like, where am I going to go? So when I sold that business, I started buying cattle in people's farms. And I'm like, okay, one of my biggest, my biggest um, income generators in pick and pay was my butchery. And I was getting meat from um, very expensive suppliers or suppliers where I, if I put up my markup, it, was, it, it just did not make sense. And I didn't understand why beef was that expensive. And sometimes you don't understand things until you get into it. So I then approached a farmer who uh, was farming in, in Bumalanga, very uh, beautiful soul. He was farming with over 300,000 uh, cattle, but he, was, he had dis distributed them amongst various farms. And I said, can I just buy 60 cattle and place them in your farm? I'll pay for the, star the, the, the vets and all the, the overheads that are required to, to hold 60 cattle. And he had me there. And then I realized it was actually a slow process to get into anything and you needed land to actually graze. So from that time, I parked the farming 
And this was back in 2009. And it just kept eating away at me at the fact that I could not get land. I was uh, approaching banks and trying to purchase land. And they said, we don't do land like that. Or if, if, you, if you're purchasing land, it's best that you purchase land that has a, a residence so that you can then, you know, it just didn't make sense. And I mean, all the way through to 2022, I still cannot purchase land. And I never understood why, unless I'm purchasing it uh, cash and uh, using my Bitcoin. So I was very frustrated. I wanted to go into agriculture and I could not, and it's what I wanted to do. So while I was frustrated trying to build that aspect of, of business, I then was approached by MTN to do project management for them for all of their stadium projects. And I was the principal agent running the, the, the 10 stadiums for um the data centers and making sure that all of the data rooms for MTN, MTN held that contract um, and they were then the, the, the main custodians of that contract and Vodacom and everybody else had to then feed into MTN to get their data rooms uh, up to speed. And I was there with the Vumatel boys and initially it was the Vumatel boys that had hired me under their company because I was not a company, I was an entity. So I, was, I fell under the Vumatel boys. Then there was a fallout there and the Vumatel boys were then asked to leave the project and I then ran the project alone through to its completion and it was a very successful uh, process that I, I had with uh, MTN and managing all the contractors, Group 5, Grinica uh, LLT, um, all the big uh, companies that were involved at the time in making sure that the rooms were completed from an engineering, a civil and an architectural uh, aspect. So I completed that project. And when I was done, I said, you know what? I can set up my own company so that I can be a, a service provider to MTN. When I tried to pitch, I was not good enough as a company, but I was good enough as an entity. So I left them alone. And then, uh, and then they asked me to, to represent them at DFA, at Dark Fiber Africa, which is uh, one of the, I would call it the Pam Golding of uh, infrastructure, telecoms infrastructure through fiber. So D DFA at the time was installing kilometers of fiber in the metro urban areas, uh, mainly in Gauteng as well as um, the Western Cape. So I went in there and I managed MTN as MTN's portfolio manager for that uh, project and did that successfully. And then when I was done, I said, I still want to run my own company because I've really mastered how to do this. I've never run a company before, but I can set up um, this company and make things work. So I saw a tweet by a certain Ian, at um, he's a, a UK guy, um, and he was running um, a project in a telecom, which was related to future makers in telecom. And it was also um, uh, running the SME program at telecom. I saw him tweeting about uh, fiber and how they had this program called future makers. So I messaged him and I said, well, I'm interested. I want to get into this. And I know I know about fiber. I can teach about fiber installation. I know how to splice. I I know a lot about fiber actually. So they um, 
invited me to present my story. At the time, telecom was not doing fiber and everybody was still in the gray. The, pro, the, the, the project was not, it did not have a policy yet. And so I was invited and I presented my case and then I fell into the SME program uh, under telecom. Then I became one of the main trainers for telecom installations for the for the telecom contractors. So I, I started training people how to splice and how to do a successful installation based on my knowledge that I had picked up at Dark Fiber Africa. And that was a beautiful thing. And uh, from that time, which was 2016, up until now, I'm still doing installations for um, for telecom. I've had a beautiful run with my employees. I initially adopted the employees that were retrenched from telecom at the time. And, uh, and then I've, I gave them 70% uh, into my company. So I take 30%, they take 70%, mainly because the, 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 the rates dropped drastically during COVID. So I then said, okay, you guys become independent contractors within my company. I will take 30%. You, so that I don't have to worry about overheads. I don't have to worry about uh, micromanaging them and making sure that uh, their work is completed to task as well as complete um, compliance with telecom. Our company did also become one of the, uh, the highest compliance um, companies. I mean, we even beat people like Huawei. So we were right up there, sometimes even higher than OpenServe with compliance and, and just being in line with all of the criteria for uh, creating uh, good installations for telecom. And we, I, I can safely say that as the, 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 the 56 companies at the time, we really turned around telecom's um, infrastructure needs, turned around that, uh, th th that space where customers were unhappy and we made a huge dent in them improving their customer experience through uh, fiber and um, fast speed uh, connectivity. So that's a beautiful story and it's still an ongoing one and we're still in there, uh, but it's not what keeps me busy every day. So every day I am doing farming, I do livestock, so I'm what we call peri-urban farming. It's not a big space, it's just in Centurion outside of Kailami. And um, there again, we then said, okay, while we're here, we've got 24 hours in, in the day. What can we do? How do we fill up that, that time? We opened up a radio station intended to be an agricultural radio station called Homegrown Radio on the farm. <laughs> and it started from the Leadership 2020 uh, platform. Our students were then able to come and do hands-on, on-the-job training with us and uh, Many of them literally live here <laughs> on the farm and uh, they do content development, they do digital, uh, air, they do editing, they do um, amplification of, of customers' products. They do a whole lot. That is a whole world that happens on the farm where um, amplification and students are concerned. And we've just become the mother hub for students to, to learn radio to master the aircraft on public speaking. And they own that space. We've handed that space over to them. So Homegrown Radio is owned by those students. Uh, and then they also hold, host market day events every two months. 
<laughs> so they are they are kept extremely busy. My motto is as long as you're alive, use up all of the 24 hours. Sleep, yes, sleep is important, but make sure that your days are productive every day. And uh, that that is the principle that we inculcate in everyone. And everybody runs chores. Everybody makes sure that we, we make sure that people understand farming. They understand animal management, crop management, and they all get involved in widening their horizon of knowledge as much as possible. So that if whatever you are doing had to fall apart, you've got a wide spectrum of knowledge and um, abilities that you can then fall onto. I mean, COVID taught us the very hard way and in a very fast way to diversify our knowledge, diversify our ability to do other things. We were all catapulted into things that we did not even know we could do. We're now having a long meeting and we are sitting virtually. Prior to that, we did not understand these things. So there's things that are going to happen in the future that are going to further require us to diversify our understanding of the world that we live in and diversify our abilities. So we can no longer be a one-man show. It, 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 the last two years have taught us that things change within a, a second and you have to change you also have to change with the flow, the web on, and flow of, 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 of life. So that is what we try to impart with anybody uh, that is coming to learn through our platforms. Okay. Um, fascinating story. I, I, just running out of time here. We've got a couple of minutes. But I quickly want to ask you, just pivoting back to cryptos, your advice to people who want to get started in crypto, should they get educated first and then maybe buy a small bit of Bitcoin? How you, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. What, what advice do you give? I say don't rush in. I mean, I, it took me four years. I started in 2011. And when I was in, in there in 2011, I was not trading. It took me that long to read up and understand and engage. Uh, it, well, with, with information being so widely available, that time can be uh, sped up. But it is highly advisable that you immerse yourself in the knowledge, you immerse yourself in education and understand all the aspects. I mean, in this day and age, the, the information about crypto is out there, it's wide. All you have to do, instead of spending time on TikTok and gossip sessions in, in, on social media, I say to the youngsters, Spend time understanding cryptocurrencies. There's so many layers to the blockchain technology. There are so many layers that you can actually interact with or understand, and you actually can build an income, passive income, or a main income out of that. I also own one of the biggest mining groups for Bitcoin in the country. I mean, <laughs> it's another long story of how I started running that, but all the, the, the boys and the geeks are in my group and they're running very lucrative businesses doing mining. And, and some of them have ventured into cheaper forms of mining that does not require high, high electricity use. And they're all in my platform. Wow. So there's, there's so many ways that people can, I make passive income. I mean, this morning already I've made 13K from just my mining platforms. <laughs> and what are you mining? Is it Bitcoin or something else? I mine, I mine Bitcoin. 
and 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 are you using solar or some other form of energy so um one of the things that i did invest in in uh, the, at the end of 2019 it's like i just you have this I have a, a, a prior sort of premonition that things are going to happen because the way that things happen, I mean, I got the farm before COVID, but I also went dug deep into solar before all these rolling um, load sheddings that we, we, uh, came along. I invested in 60 kVA um, solar and I would have known. So I use that solar to subsidize my bill. In fact, my, my electricity bill is highly subsidized by solar. So I, I went into that knowingly that if we're going to go into an energy crisis, the first one is going to be electricity. The next one is water. So I've planned for all of those um, uh, 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 eventualities. I've got two boreholes on the farm. I dug up and got two boreholes. I've, I've got tanks that um, if my if we ever were to have a water crisis, my tanks are full so my animals don't struggle. So all of those things. I'm one of those future thinking people. I'm always looking at what's going to happen next. What I, I do scenario planning. What's the worst possible thing that can happen next? I mean, before COVID, I was already planting um, I'm also, I'm also, I also have a medical background. I was already planting herbs that um, help with um, upper respiratory tract infections. Mm. <laughs> so it's um, future thinking. I'm always thinking future. So none of my staff or, or constituents on the farm suffered COVID or any type of flu during the, the, the pandemic. What a fascinating story. Okay, final question. <laughs> Do you believe crypto has the potential to lift millions out of poverty? And if so, how? Oh, man. It's not, it's, it, it does not have the potential. It is the future. I mean, I don't see anything else in, in the way that we know money and the way that money has been designed to be elitist in the way that wealth creation has been designed uh, by the, the, the few. I don't know anything that that will allow you to access. So if you, if you own Bitcoin, you own an, a scarce desirable asset. What is a scarce desirable asset? If you own a home in a low rate, uh, ranked area in, say, Johannesburg, what are the chances that an Elon Musk or a Vitalik or a Bill Gates will be interested in coming buying your property at market value? very minimal. But if you own Bitcoin, you own a scarce desirable asset that is widely movable, that the rich of the rich or the poor of the poor can buy from you with as much equity as the next person, equality as the next person. So meaning that you can buy into a cyber asset that is unbreakable because by the way, it, it, it has a protocol and it is unbreakable. It, it, that's another explanation on its own. So that is unbreakable. That does not require your age or your skin color or wh which country, part of the world you come from. It's just you in, spy, in cyber interacting with equality that does not measure who you are and where you come from. And you can sell that asset to pretty much anyone, including an Elon Musk. Right. 
So it is the future. It is an equalizer of um, money as we know money or digital assets. It's, an, it's a form of energy that is not going to be changed or broken. Not in any, even if a, a cyber, even if something from outer space were to hit Earth and we lost all electricity and internet, if somebody in the future built the internet because this thing lives in cyber already, you would then just pick up and through your pin or, or, or your code and, 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 and continue. Right. It is unbreakable. It is the future. Yeah. And in, indestructible. Indestructible. Desiree Thomas, what a fascinating discussion. We're going to leave it there. But thank you so much for joining us on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. What an inspiring story. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.